Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is Danielle McDowell. She is the Managing Director for 76 Forward at 16 Tech in Indianapolis. Hi, Danielle. How are you today? I'm great, Neil. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on. We've actually been chatting for a while, building up to this moment of actually recording, but I'm excited to dig in deep to what you're doing and different things. But as always, we're going to start with our capture question, make sure we're starting, we're actually talking to a real human being. (laughs) Danielle, your question is, what has been the highlight of your week? The highlight of my week, and I'm going to go back on a seven-day period. So it was actually a Thursday of last week. Um, I was able to collaborate. My team and I were able to collaborate alongside the powder keg team here in Indianapolis. And we hosted uh, one of their first uh, in-person events post-COVID and did a reception for their culture awards here at uh, 76 Forward at 16 Tech. Um, And we gathered probably about 75 people, which was really interesting. And, um, you know, we were able to have some cocktails and we were able to have uh, some little, you know, nibs and bites and talk about what it was like to network and be together again. Do you think that like 75 people from this point onward and post-COVID is going to be like, that's a huge event? Yeah. Because before they've been like, okay, that was like a good sized event or something like that. So what's your take on that? I, you know, I think that um, it will be an average, an average size event. Um, It's one of our larger events that, you know, we have hosted from a networking uh, perspective, but we also have uh, in the same building, we also have uh, the AMP, which is um, about uh, 40,000 square feet of uh, open, it's essentially a a food hall. Um, And we've seen you know, folks gathering for holiday parties in upwards of 200 and 250. So I think it really depends on, you know, how important the gathering is to someone. And secondly, you know, how, um, you know, how relevant it is to what it is they're trying to accomplish. So, you know, is it your kids showing up at a, you know, holiday, (laughs) a holiday play, or is it a, you know, just, you know, super, uh, super curated networking event. So I think those kind of events will continue to see people gathering. Excellent. Great. Well, you are certified as a true human. So we appreciate you <laughs> going to the test. Uh, that works. Thank you. So 76 uh, Forward, 16 Tech, we're talking about really like the future of actual spaces in, in a digital workplace and, and physical spaces as it goes through. So let me just throw that out there to you. Physical space was taken for granted, I think, in pre-COVID times. It was just kind of what you did. There were some outliers who had other plans, but for the most part, it was just there. Now, a physical space, it's like a totally different concept to companies that comes through. So tell us what you're seeing from people you're interacting with. I mean, as everybody knows, uh, you know, COVID was just a huge shift in the way that people worked. And, um, you know, what we found was that uh, there's a lot of employees out there who, um, you know, really, there were elements of working from home that they really uh, learned to enjoy. Um, But the reality of, you know, working in a fast paced environment is that, you know, there there are times when you physically need to be in the same room as someone. 
you know, when you're collaborating, when you're working together. And so um, our space uh, here at 76 Forward uh, on the 16 Tech campus was really designed to allow for that collaboration. Um, We do have spaces where folks are able to, you know, reserve uh, and take on private workspace. However, um, the majority, you know, we have a, a large amount of space that's dedicated just to collaboration space. So on our campus and our 56,000 square feet we have here, uh, in upwards of, um, I would say, you know, 40% of the actual square footage is meeting rooms and uh, what I call focus rooms for someone to take a Zoom call <laughs> while mm-hmm. they're at the office. Uh, and then we also have, you know, free, uh, you know, free, free space, essentially, where uh, it's like a cafe and lounge where people are able to, um, you know, step away from their workspace and uh, have a cup of coffee or, you know, make a phone call, things like that. So um, the way that people are using utilizing space has been really interesting. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of companies uh, and that, you know, prior to this, I used to run an organization called the Speakeasy. And the majority of my members really were uh, truly, you know, startup entrepreneurs. It was that mm-hmm. first maybe uh, one to five employees of which got together and utilized the space that we had. What we're seeing here today in 20, you know, as we, um, you know, come up on 2022 is that uh, we see larger scale, you know, medium and even, you know, large corporations that are utilizing uh, co-working space, like what it is that we have here to do two things. One, uh, they're using it to reduce the overhead of, you know, physical real estate, but still give a, a place for their employees to, you know, come and work out of outside of the home or to convene teams. And then two, they are utilizing it to become not, you know, not just give a physical space for someone to come work, but give them a community to step into. So for instance, um, we have Lily, uh, which is going to be taking on a wing inside of our uh, our our studios here, and they will be, um, you know, utilizing a, a, a research and development team here, but they're, they're not just utilizing space. They're also utilizing it to step into an innovation community so that they're able to put their team members among other people who are in a wide variety of um, whether it be a startup environment or a startup support agency of some kind um, so that they can uh, you know, pull learnings faster, you know, being outside the four walls of the physical Lilly campus. So yeah. it's a really interesting and innovative use of space, um, you know, not only for that initial entrepreneurs who you know are getting off the ground, uh, but folks who are looking to be uh, intrapreneurial inside of, you know, larger, medium and large size organizations. Definitely. I think when you think of co-working space pre-COVID, it was, you know, mostly a, it's a small company, a startup company, but really financially just makes more sense to, to use something like that. And then you grow out of that and you get to your own space that you have dedicated for that. But now like you said, we're, we're re-looking at that concept about what that means and how to use that. Correct my assumptions here. When I think about physical space, I'm seeing like two main purposes for a shared physical space for a company. One is, like you said, for focus work, which for a lot of people, the home office is good for that. And a lot of people, it's not good for that. Mm -hmm. So being able to provide an option for people whose home is just not great for focus work to say, come into the office, here's a private little booth type thing that you can just focus in and do your work and, and get through. And then the other major purpose I would see is this kind of in-person collaboration when we need that, you know, that sixth sense almost of not just being able to see each other and hear each other on video calls, 
but feel that energy in the room to be able to play off each other in that way mm -hmm. for those things. So those are like the two big reasons I see physical space being used. Are there any others you want to add to that? Um, you know, I would just add convening larger scale events too. So, yeah. you know, having purposeful, um, you know, platforms to be able to share information with the community. You know, those are, those are the, that's probably, you know, the third, but it also kind of plays into that yeah. physical collaboration type setting. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's jump into another point you made, which was about community. And we often talk about community. People talk about culture. We got to get back to the office because that's where our culture is, that kind of feel for it. I think we've pretty much proven that you can build culture digitally and in digital spaces. But there is something that if you just throw a bunch of humans in four walls, they will develop culture kind of on their own. But when you have like a shared space that maybe you're at sometimes and not at all the times, you used the word earlier about intentionally creating community and using physical space for that. So tell us about how you've seen companies be very intentional to say, hey, we only have a limited amount of time to be together, so let's do these things for culture and community. Right. Um, I think a really great example of this, we have um, a program where we are intentionally curating um, a knowledge base uh, and a knowledge community, if you will, around uh, data and analytics. So uh, the program is called Analytics In. Uh, it is a collaboration uh, between the top three research universities. It's Purdue, Notre Dame, and IU. And then the five largest corporations here in Indiana. So we have Lilly, Cummins, One America, IU Health, and uh, Anthem who are represented. And what we are working to do is really curate um, a, a knowledge base here of around data and analytics that specifically uh, points to, you know, that element that touches each one of those large corporations. And so um, what we have done is we have a physical space for them to join together and, you know, do this work where they are um, coming together. So the, the corporations are coming together alongside the research universities. We are identifying, you know, what kind of problems that they might be, they might be facing, you know, three, four, five years down the pipeline. And our research universities are taking, um, you know, the concepts of what those problems are and applying physical research to that. So that's a great example of how we are very intentionally creating a community to be able to, uh, um, you know, really uh, provide talent pipelines as well as a knowledge base physically here. So um, what's interesting about that is that, you know, you have some of the top corporations, all of whom are saying, you know what, here is one issue, whether it be, you know, cybersecurity or data analysis, um, you know, here is one issue that's going to touch each one of our industries. And so when you give someone a physical space and a reason to come, you know, into a space like 76 Forward, like a reason to come to an innovation district like 16 Tech and raise your hand and say, you know what, I as an executive am facing this issue. We all know it's coming down the pipeline and you give them um, almost the, the, the green light to be able to collaborate together, um, you know, physically in a way that might not be uh, you know, able to be produced via Zoom. So, uh, you know, unless there is something that, uh, you know, you put forward, um, you know, the elements of being physically together 
um, allows you to, you know, have a conversation with someone, but also over here, what this group over here is saying and identify, you know, whether or not you want to pop over to this next group or pull, you know, your group over and, and jump in on a conversation. You know, that's, those are things that cannot be accomplished with zoom. And I think, you know, a reason that space will continue to be relevant. It's just rethinking how exactly we use it and be a little more intentional about building those communities so that they're serving, uh, you know, they're not just there to, you know, show off physical space. They're there to serve, um, you know, serve the objectives and goals of what it is that we want to accomplish as a community. Definitely. I like the idea of both programming is added to the space. It's not just like, hey, we have this space, it's there. But I do want to hop off one idea you said, like, it's not just about showing off your space. But for a lot of companies, that was a big motivation to have. They wanted an office, they wanted to be beautiful, they wanted to be awesome, either to impress clients or to impress recruits coming in that was there. What where do you feel like that's going to fall into the future of work in terms of, hey, look at this amazing structure we built and don't you want to be a part of this? Like, do you think that's still going to be a part of the sell to both customers and clients and also recruits? You know, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so I've been a digital nomad my entire life. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, an odd thing about me is here I am, you know, I'm coming up on 40 years old. Uh, in my life, I have had a dedicated office one time. That was just mine. One time for two years. And it it was foreign at it was foreign to me. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case. You know, there's a case to be made in that, you know, there is a a creativity uh element of being able to um highlight things that um that are interesting like architecture and mm-hmm. interior design. Um, but will companies be the driver of that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's the answer. It, it feels as though, you know, we are moving to so much more of a technology centric, um, lifestyle that, you know, you might not see, you know, companies showing off those spaces. I feel as though, um, you know, the future of what that looks like, where you are highlighting the work of people like architects and interior designs and artists um, will be more community space where, you know, you open up the doors and you deliver that for the community at large. And you see people, you know, perhaps being able to spend more time at home with their families. Um, you know, we don't see technology taking people away from the family. Maybe, you know, tech, this, this technological shift allows us to spend more time with family and focus in on our communities at large. That would be my hope, but we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> There's always going to be someone out there who wants to show something off. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does make me think of like this push into the metaverse, into virtual reality about how yeah. architecture may still be. A thing, just not physically, like digitally, like making a a grand place for people to walk into. And and even with some kind of headset or some kind of uh, lens that you can do that. So that art form may still be there, but look different in in different situations for sure. Totally. I just, um, my son uh, had me create a, we were quarantined (laughs) for a couple of days and he had me create a profile on Rec Room. So I created the profile and went through rec room orientation and it was amazing. Like the physical (laughs) spaces that they created in this virtual reality world that where you were able to do so much was really fascinating. And it was my 10 year old that, you know, pulled me into that. So 
it, it's definitely going to be a shift. I don't know that everybody's going <laughs> to make it over there, but uh, it, it was it was really an incredible experience. So I definitely see the value of that, uh, not just in a a play setting, but also it, it, perhaps in a business setting. Definitely, I think we should all be prepared for that to be a legitimate option yeah. in the, the very near future. I agree. Uh, give us a little bit of, of data and background about how often people are in the office with some of the clients that you have at your place. Does it seem like people are there every day? Do they come kind of come and go as they need to? Or is it a little bit structured? Like, hey, everyone's there on Tuesdays, but then everyone else can kind of come and go. What do you see as some norms and, and stories from that? So we do have folks um, of whom appreciate coming into the office every day. I have mm-hmm. you know, a handful of uh, members here where they show up Monday through Friday, you know, pretty much nine to five. And, you know, that's how, that's how they like to do their work. Um, however, I also, uh, I have folks on the other end of the spectrum that use uh, the space uh, maybe once a week and um, utilize it really to connect with other members that are here. Um, then I have those who are in the middle and I think the majority, you know, I would say it's probably a bell curve. The majority of people are here uh, maybe a couple days a week. Uh, they will come in a lot of times. Uh, we do have teams that uh, I, I've noticed. I have one company um, that is a digital marketing agency, and they have structured meetings uh, mostly on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And you know, I'll see you know different groups and teams that come in on a regular basis. You know, this particular team meets you know from ten to two every Thursday, and they're here. Um, but what's interesting is they have, um, they have about 75 people in total on their team. Um, however, they have physical space for maybe about 20 of them to be able to mm-hmm. convene at any one time. They utilize our, uh, our, our shared resource spaces. So those large conference rooms and things like that. Um, however, they, they don't anticipate that they're going to have all 75 people on site at any given time. Um, if, however, you know, there's that one day where they might want to have an all team meeting we have the space for that. We've got, you know, this large open cafe area with pitch bleachers where we're able to accommodate that. But for the, you know, for the day to day, they anticipate that no more than, you know, 20 to 25 people are going to be on site at any given moment. And that's how they've structured, you know, their, their arrangement with us. So they've got, um, they've got a suite that fits 20 and, uh, however, all 75 of their team members have 24 seven access. So it's an option for them. They can use it whenever they want to, they don't have to. Uh, and most of them, you know, utilize it more on a structured basis, you know, whether here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays and do it like that. Yeah. That seems to be a great path because again, there would be times when they want everyone in the same place, you know, a few times a year perhaps, or at the most once a month or something, but that doesn't mean they have to build a, a building that accommodates for that. They can use a resource like yours like that. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about hybrid meetings mm-hmm. based on your perspective. When you have a company like this, that maybe they have 20 people in the room and then they have 50 people logging in on, online yeah. or something that, that needs to happen. What are you seeing in terms of some really progressive, cool ideas that companies are, are either acting in their practices or some hardware or some structures that you're seeing that can really facilitate that share of, of space in both a hybrid way? Mm-hmm. So the majority of uh, innovations, I'm, I'm sure that teams you know, have, uh, have some more insider information as to how they might structure their meetings. 
um, or how they structure communications around getting people to be present for, uh, you know, a meeting on Tuesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Um, from my perspective, uh, you know, my job is to facilitate the physical space. So I mostly have visibility to a lot of the hardware that can make their meetings really, really easy. Um, so we have we have been able to uh, facilitate a 100-person meeting with about 40% uh, physically in the room and then the other 60% out of the, uh, you know, physically out of the space. And then we broke those groups uh, actually into breakout, uh, three breakout groups. So Mm -hmm. uh, we had to get really creative around how we, um, you know, physically facilitated that meeting. And so there are two things um, that we've really found that are are very uh, important and helpful uh, and essentially required. You know, number one, you have to have a large television. Um, inside the space where you're convening that majority of people. Um, There has to be a large television there um, and you have to be able to present um, and and show a screen of some kind of the people of whom are are zooming in, if you will. Um, The other thing is you really need um, dedicated uh, video hardware. So we have utilized um, a series uh, of uh, a product called Owls, um, of which they look like little owls. What's mm-hmm. really cool about them is they've got a, um, well, there's two things that are cool. One, they have a camera on the top of it that does a 360 view of the entire room. So you're able nice. to see, you know, physically what's going on inside the room, you know, all around you. Secondly, the other thing that it does is it, um, you know, you've got that, that'll be a tile on the top. And then underneath it, it has um, very similar to Zoom and, and pinning, it will have the people who are speaking um, physically, you know, in boxes across the bottom. And the owl will zoom in to the person inside the room who is speaking. Um, so you don't have to, you know, move a, a camera, you know, physically move a camera. You don't have to move, you know, your your laptop screen to capture the person next to you who's speaking. Um, it, it automatically senses who is speaking and then zooms into that person's face so that those who are not in the room are able to, you know, see the physical, um, you know, all these hand motions that <laughs> they might be doing. Um, the, the second, so that is the, the second thing that's really important. The third thing that is an option, but I think is really uh, helpful are platforms that facilitate, um, that facilitate meeting notes, both for the people who mm. are physically inside the space and outside the space. So tools like Mural um, are, have been really, really helpful in settings that uh, we've been able to facilitate. Yeah, having that kind of third space to be able to use it. It's not just what's going on in the office or what's going on in in my place outside, but having some shared space that's there. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And especially because a lot of the recommendations you hear from people when it comes to hybrid meetings, you hear something like, okay, if one person's on a laptop, everyone's going to be on a laptop, which sounds nice, but it really degrades the experience for everybody uh, to some extent if we're all just trying to... Especially the in-person yeah, I mean, I, I can see how that's an equitable way to do it, but rather than bringing everyone down, like trying to raise everybody up with some uh, additional tools like you're talking about that really provide a, a better experience for somebody who's who's dialing in from the outside. Um, because like if I'm just limited to one camera at the front of the room and I just see everybody as a big blob, it's really difficult. But to be able to see and control and turn my head around and see where, where things are going and have multiple views that are coming in, I think that's a much better solution than than just throwing, saying everyone's got to be on a laptop for that. 
Yeah, they even the, the other things that are nice about that the owl tools those have just been game changers for us. Um, they are able you're able to hook more than one together. So if you have a, a large room, you're able to mm-hmm. you know put several of them in a the room, and then they also just have a USB plug-in to any computer. So the person nice. who's manning the meeting, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on Teams or Zoom or you know um, you know Meet Now, whatever it is, uh, it's a really well integrated platform. It's very easy to use. Excellent. Well, Danielle, <laughs> we've come to the end of our time. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this conversation about uh, where we're seeing the future headed to and, and for you being on the front lines. Thanks for coming in and sharing your views with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me and, um, you know, happy, happy to host you here uh, when you're when you're ready and able to make it out of the house. Um, you know, I would I would love to host. We we definitely have a lot of space uh, for people to be able to pop in and work. And so, um, our, you know, our, our doors are open from 830 in the morning until five at night. So feel free to, you can either pop in or you can get on our website, uh, 16tech.com uh, or 76forward.com and uh, book a meeting to come in for a tour. Excellent. This has been a really enlightening experience to talk about the, almost it's like the rebirth of the physical space in terms of yeah. work and, and to see what's possible now that we have options and we, we can think about how best to get the, the best use out of physical space. So thanks, Danielle, for coming on the show. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Neil. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you are. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.